just like that. Final hour is here. Wednesday edition. Out by with Unwithrow across the Outkick Network. It's like we just started. Streaming live at Outkick.com. That's right. Yeah. Uh, catch all of the live stream at uh, Outkick.com. And if you're watching, you missed part of the show. You can also check out On Demand at the other uh, outlets like YouTube and more. Just subscribe to the channel there. Chad, uh, plenty to uh, to get to. We've got Pat McAfee saying that Aaron Rodgers was not implying that Jimmy Kimmel is on the Epstein client list. You have uh, you have the the whole saga that will now go on about well, McAfee left, went to ESPN, said he wasn't going to change his show, wasn't going to be you know censored, canceled, whatever. But you also have ABC and Disney playing a factor in the fact that. Well, Kimmel is the late-night talk show host. That now continues. And McAfee's saying that Aaron Rodgers wasn't implying something. Yeah, AJ we'll, Perez we'll, is going to join us in we'll, a little bit to talk all about it. We'll wait to, uh, to, to hear AJ uh, let us know what you know, ESPN has said, which is uh, not much. And why that might be, that's all straight ahead. Um, Rory made a U-turn on Liv. Details in a second. Florida State. The 60-point beatdown... Chad, it felt like it happened the minute they knew they weren't in the college football playoff. And then, well, maybe it was a 40-point beatdown. But then you had injuries, you had opt-outs, you had everything that goes into bowl season now. And it does, it, it, it validates those that were saying that Florida State didn't deserve to be in. And those that say they, they did deserve to be in, Chad, it, it now says, well... Got to give them a chance. Wait till the 12-team playoff, and then they'll prove it. I mean, I can't argue with the results of the college football playoff this year. I loved it in the semis. But, man, watching that game and watching Georgia, and even Kirby Smart's acknowledging, something's got to change with the whole system and the setup and the makeup of bowl season right now. It's in a weird time of year for it and, and, and all of that. Let me say this about Florida State before getting into what I think is bad progress of college football right now. Um, they had an opportunity. They got slided. Sucked. I was on their side. I was all for Florida State on that. I think they got screwed in the whole deal. They went undefeated. They won a Power 5 conference. They beat LSU away from home. They won at Florida. They did everything in front of them. And they got penalized because their starting quarterback was injured. Okay? That's key there, right? Injured. Not, not opting out. Injured. So they get screwed. They had two options. It was one, man up, bow up, show up, and play one hell of a game against a Georgia team that's also pissed off that they fell from one to six after losing to Alabama and put on a great show and show what that team means and what that program means. That was the first option. They took option B or option two, and I'm not sure if I said A or one the first time. The option they took was let's quit. Let's get ready for the NFL draft. This system sucks. Let's show them by losing by 60. Let's show them by making America turn the television to the Arizona Bowl between Wyoming and Toledo because this game sucks so bad. Let's take our ball and let's go home. They chose the latter. I think that was a mistake. I've got Florida State fans telling me on X right now that, oh, it was a great move. It really showed America just the farce that all this was. No, no, no it's not. That, that is not a message we should be sending to anyone. And that is not what they should have done. They should have showed up, they should have played the game, and they should have fought like hell to make it a game against Georgia. I don't know if they would have done that, but I would have respected the program and everyone a lot more had they done that. Now let's get to bowl season at large and a problem that we have that Kirby Smart alluded to. Opt-outs and the opt-out generation. It's not just an opt-out generation it's an opt-out mindset. A lot of progress is good. Not all progress is good. Progress for the sake of progress at times is bad. There are times where the old way is the better way. One of those examples is the old way of college football players playing in bowl games and showing up and playing not because it's an exhibition game or nobody cares unless you're playing for the national title. You showed up and played because it was one of 12 or 13 opportunities to play with your brothers that you played with all year. 
and you work hard for 365 days to play in 12 or 13 games. And you do it because there's not a question about whether or not you're going to do it. You do it because there's a game scheduled, and my teammates are going to show up and play, so I better damn well show up and play also. That is a mindset that has disappeared, and I don't love that. Do I understand when first-round draft picks, surefire, top 10, top 15 first-round guys decide to not risk injury in that game and instead get ready for the draft? Yes, I understand it from a business perspective. But we can't make everything a business decision. There are times where the old way of loyalty and unselfishness should be rewarded and, in fact, applauded. We don't applaud that as much anymore in America. I hate that. I love it when guys show up and are unselfish and play for their teammates and decide they're going to play. Instead of the Florida State mode, which was, let's all opt out and watch our third string get their ass kicked by Georgia and have to sit there and gut out a game where they're getting destroyed and they look like an FCS opponent against Georgia. I don't love that route. I heard this about Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. wanted to play in the game, but his advisors told him he shouldn't. Okay, great. Marvin Harrison Jr. could have played if he wanted. We all understand why Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't play in that game. Do I understand why fourth, fifth round, sixth round, or undrafted guys opt out of games? No, I don't. I don't want to either because that's bad progress. There's a lot of progress that's been made in sports that's very good. This is not one of them. It's not one of them. We like team sports because it shows us a way to be unselfish and to play for your team. We don't love it because we celebrate the individual making a business decision. And I, don't ho- I hope we never go fully into that. And I fear, Hutton, that the, where bowl season is right now, we've pretty much already gone fully into that. What I find interesting, where, what though. I, what I say right now is not being said enough. Well, the, the timing of this is set up against the player, where you're opting out because you're getting your feedback from the draft you know, you're, you're getting certain aspects of the transfer portal and you've, you've got to decide what you're doing and where you're going so you end up where you want to go because you've been negotiating and talking during the season about all this. That's what's got to change. And also, Florida State did this as a university because the university admitted they didn't file to leave the ACC back in August because they didn't want to be a distraction to the players. And then this whole saga started as soon as they lost their opportunity to play in the college football playoff. As soon as they weren't playing in the playoff, university didn't care. They were going against the ACC and trying to figure out how they can get out of the, the rights agreement, the grant of rights. It was more important about that than it was what we saw on the field against Georgia. And, I mean, you know it's awful when Kirby Smart is addressing this at the podium. He's almost apologizing for a 60-point like, win. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't try to score that much. Yeah, so Sorry this happened. Sorry everyone had to see this. Yeah. It was just, I'm with you, man. It was just kind of accepted, and that's really strange. And it was accepted. It, then it was like, oh, of course, Florida State wasn't talented enough to be in the college football playoff. Whatever. I mean, it, that's predictable. But it's also just the, the way that it just went down, that it was just, oh, well, on to next year. It doesn't go down like that. Even they got DJU coming in. Speaking of portals, I don't. I don't think. Um, yeah, they wanted Cam Ward, but he's going to the NFL draft. No but agent. It's though. amazing how quickly all the dominoes fell into place once yeah. Cam Ward went went uh, went pro. Um, I, I look at Florida State first off. If you're going to make the argument, oh yeah, you know the Florida State did not help their argument at all, and they did not help themselves. So I am against. Florida right, State right. fans, when they act like, oh, yeah, we really showed them. No, you yeah. didn't. You, you showed out like a bunch of quitters is what you did because you didn't get your way. And I understand being angry about it. Funnel that anger into going out and playing a good competitive game, though. That's what I wish Florida State would have done. They didn't. They embarrassed themselves. Uh, and they embarrassed themselves for everyone to see. And I, I hate that for the guys who had to play in that game. And I say had to play in that game because that's what it feels like now. It's almost a have-to thing if you're not good enough to opt out that you have to play in the bowl game. And I, I hate that mentality of where we've gone. There were some really good bowl games, too. Clemson and Kentucky played a classic. Yeah. LSU-Wisconsin, right before the playoff game started. Really good competitive game. There were other ones where you could clearly see maybe one side was motivated 
Certainly maybe one side was motivated. Certainly the other one wasn't in certain games. I, I hate that. And I'd like to get back to you play the game hard for your teammates because there's a game to be played. And not just all of us throwing our hands there accepting that, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, who, who cares what happens with that? It, but for fans saying that, oh, Florida State definitely didn't deserve it because of that performance, give me a break on that too. I, I'm not going to go that far. I, hot take here. I think Florida State had their starting defense shown up with Tate Rodemaker as backup quarterback. They could have lost to Michigan by 7-2 as the four seed. They may have lost 10-3 to in that game. They could have gone on and lost to Michigan just like Alabama did if everyone was playing. Again, bad look when no one played, but don't give me that, oh, the rest of the season was invalid because of that performance with third stringers and a third string quarterback against Georgia. Well, see, I, I took more about Georgia. I think Georgia should be shouting from the mountains. I agree with you on that. And that, 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 that's what they should have done when they got knocked out of the college football playoff when they were number one. Yeah. And what they did and the, the, the deficit that Florida State faced. I, in that. I will also say it, it says a hell of a lot and a hell of a lot of positives about Kirby Smart and that program. Yeah that they had so few opt-outs and they yeah. played the way they did. And it says a hell of a lot about them that they did not bitch or complain once about being slighted by the committee. You know why? They lost the night before. And that's, the, that's their mentality. Hey, we win well, every there, game here. There's also... Right? We put it in their hands by losing that game so they were not going to go out of their way to complain about it. And I agree with you, Hutton. They have an argument. Yeah, they do. They have an and, argument and to be in that there was a report that Sankey told Bama and Georgia yeah. to pipe down prior to the selection of the college football playoff and then the reaction to it, uh, just based on, I guess, the perception. Well, I, of what I the come SEC away with do. a lot of respect for the mentality of yeah. that program it was with, with that. Solid. All it's around. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Chad, uh, right now you can stream the show live every day, outkick.com. That's where you can check out all of the programming live, unfiltered content. You head to the watch tab at outkick.com. You're not going to miss a beat. In 2024... We're underway. Outkick.com slash watch. Your one-stop shop for all things Outkick. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee and, well, people tune in and they listen. Uh, in this case, we've been discussing what Rodgers had to say about Jimmy Kimmel and, well, the list. Mm-hmm. Bring it up. Bring it up, Foxy or somebody back Seats there. Seats on it. We have Super Bowl 58. You'll see it. The emblem. Put it on the screen. And then bring up 57 and 56. Does that have something to do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> Feels like. <laughs> Feels like. That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine I, cellar for this thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. Ah, <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list and then. Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm-hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that. But here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> He's awesome. been waiting That's for the that. one. <laughs> You've been waiting hey, I'll tell you what. If that list comes out, I definitely will be popping, popping some sort of bottle. Hey. That happened yesterday. And then you have, well, Jimmy Kimmel respond quickly on X, mentioning a possible lawsuit, saying he's never – Met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, or will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality? Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. And he tags Aaron Rodgers there. AJ Perez is with us from Front Office Sports. And uh, AJ, you've been trying to track down ESPN for comment, and I, I believe you got an answer, but not one that actually. Pre- pre- presented anything within quotation marks because it sounds like they they're, they're examining whether or not Pat McAfee will continue to have Aaron Rodgers as a weekly guest, one of which is reported where he's annually paid a million dollars to be a contributor. What was ESPN's response when you reached out? Yeah, they've been quiet and uh, Disney as well. I reached out to both about the same time yesterday and it kind of coincided with that, with that Kimmel tweet. Uh, I cover sports, uh, sports, sports law a lot whenever whenever these legal issues pop up in a possible defamation lawsuit like pat mcafee faced i think we talked about it before pat mcafee was sued by by brett Favre last year and that lawsuit was settled back last in uh, may 2023 um no money changed hands so pat mcafee knows uh knows a little bit about defamation now uh now it's 
it's going to be a major leap for Kimball to, to, to sue. And I, we, we had a story come out a couple hours ago on the hurdles that would face, but I don't know. It's probably not going to come to that. I think we're all waiting for this uh, Epstein list. You know, Aaron Rodgers, that clip that, that, uh, that Kimmel mocked back last March, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers said a few weeks prior that it was coming out soon and it didn't. Uh, so we've all been waiting for this list. We, I have my docket alert set. Uh, we're all, there was a filing earlier today in the case where this is going to come out. We're going to 170 or so names possibly. And we're, we're all waiting for that. It's kind of, you see it both ways on Twitter where it's like, well, Jimmy can poke fun at, at, uh, you know, at, at Aaron Rodgers, and, and now Jimmy can't take a joke, but I think it's a major leap to intimate. He didn't say that, that, that he was definitely on Epstein's list or that he was a pedophile, but when you even inch towards that, you could see why Jimmy Kimmel was so upset. Do you expect Aaron Rodgers to issue an apology the next time he joins Pat McAfee? Is that going to be part of this? I don't know. I mean, Aaron is his own man. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I he hasn't really uh, apologized. You know, he's not the apologetic type. I think. I think. Uh, you know, he might. Um, you know, especially if there's some lawsuit threat. Um, you know, the best way to take care of a defamation case is to is to is to apologize and issue a correction or a clarification. I don't think. Uh, you know, but there has to be a legal threat. And I know. I know. Kimball kind of mentioned you know a possibility, but you. You know, you can't really guess on what uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to do. The other thing, A.J. Perez with his front office sports, the other thing that's really intriguing is Disney, ABC, ESPN, they went in a totally different direction when they hired Pat McAfee. And I wonder what Pat McAfee would want Aaron Rodgers to do. Because whenever he joined ESPN, he said, hey, I'm, uh, my show is going to be my show. And here is ESPN. Maybe no commenting or whatever because they're waiting on Disney to instruct them what to do here because... There's an employee, not just a contributor, and Jimmy Kimmel happens to be host of a late-night show for ABC that's pissed off about this. It's a very interesting dynamic that's going on here with all the different factors that have played out <laughs> over the last 12 months. Yeah, and you have, you've got agents involved, I'm sure. They're, uh, they're in L.A. Um, you know, they're talking. You know, I don't know if there's any good conversations. We don't know if, uh, if uh, Pataro has faced anything from Burbank where Disney's based. There's a, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of in the same boat. I mean, uh, Jimmy has his own, his own, uh, his own production company, just like Pat McAfee does, you know, he's a little closer tied to ABC than Pat McAfee is to, to, to ESPN and Disney, but, but Pat McAfee is also kind of an employee when, it, when it comes to game day. So, you know, there, there are, you know, there, there's a little, you know, there, as much as Aaron Rodgers brings to the show and a much of an asset that Pat McAfee, uh, um, you know, feels that. Aaron Rodgers is for that one segment every week. Um, there's also, you know, there, there's a downside and ESPN knew going in that, that, that uh, Aaron Rodgers would, would uh, you know, would, would kind of push the envelope. It would not like this and intimate or uh, intimate uh, child molestation, but you know, there's never, there's, it's you, you know, they knew what they were getting. Aaron Rodgers went on the show for, for years. He pretty much gave that show, you know, he was the probably one of the main drivers of the show when it comes to audience, uh, at least for the casual people who didn't know what Pat McAfee was initially outside of him being a punter for the Colts. So, you know, there's a, uh, I think they're giving them a hit, giving them a lot of leeway. Uh, I know I'm, you know, I, could they do something? Well, it's, it's Pat's show. I mean, the, there, there are, there is a delay there. They do drop audio for profanity, um, but it is cable, you know, there's no longer no obscenity as far as visual obscenity. Um, you can say whatever you want. You, you don't need that. You don't need that uh, delay uh, to worry about the FCC, but it's uh, it's you know it, I think they're gonna uh, right now from what the sources and what we what we've been told you know the ESPN and Disney are just kind of laying low, letting this you know let letting this new cycle take you know I guess the next new cycle to come and go. I basically and just hopefully it'll uh, it'll go to the background. The unintended consequences of some of this. So let, let's say Aaron Rodgers, as you said, AJ, being his own man, decides to, you know, hey, we want you to lay off of it. You know, you don't have to issue an apology. We don't say anything else about it. Comes back on, decides to have another crack about, about Jimmy Kimmel in some way. And Jimmy Kimmel continues to threaten a lawsuit. And eventually ESPN Disney said he cannot come on a Disney property ever again. Does that hurt Pat McAfee? And Pat McAfee's credibility with his audience, if suddenly his show is changed out of his hand, 
because of something that, that Disney the, dictates. Yeah, that was one of the things I kind of hinted at uh, on Twitter yesterday. Um, was you know, will they will they just refuse to run that segment? Will they run alternate programming? Will they do will will they will they replay the previous hour or the previous day during that time slot? It'll still run raw. It'll still run uncensored on 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 his YouTube channel. You know that that's never been impacted. But it's so. But are they are are they willing to go there? You know, and I think that there's probably conversations happening. I don't. I while while Aaron Rodgers is his own person, he's also still with the Jets. You know, so you got the NFL involved. Um, and, uh, and beyond that, it's, you know, you just staying away from, you know, Epstein might be a good idea for him. A lot of speculation too, that Google and, uh, YouTube are, are censoring shows. Do you think they would do that with, uh, with McAfee or just air it live on YouTube? No, it's ESPN branded and it's going to be, that would take a lot. I mean, the ESPN has higher standards, uh, as, as far as what goes on in the air than YouTube does already, yeah. um, or pretty much any platform. So I don't see that happening, but. You know, if, uh, you know, unless the show really, and I don't see that, the Pat's way too smart of a guy to let that happen. So as much as you've covered uh, Michigan over the last uh, several months, I'm just curious, AJ, uh, were you surprised that we didn't hear very much about Michigan in the last couple sagas of what we've gone through whenever they faced off Uh against Alabama in that broadcast? Did that come down from the top, or do you think that was Fowler and Herb Street that just wanted to talk ball? We've seen this in stories I've written. I've covered more than Michigan and more controversial stories like we sure. have with Lane Kiffin earlier this year. Yep. They don't like talking about that stuff on on broad, and especially in college broadcasts. You get a little more in pro, but uh, for the NFL, but really they stay away from that. The 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 play by play and the color analysts they really don't go into controversial subjects uh, because uh, you know it takes time to lay that out, and a play can happen, and you're going to be caught in the middle of it, and you may not give that that. Uh, you know, that story justice. So they really kind of stay away from that. And I think that whether it's comes from the conference comes from, you know, college football playoff, whoever it, it's probably doesn't come from anybody. It just kind of, it just kind of a unsaid uh, subject where you just kind of, you, they just stay away from those kind of things. What do you think legally about the possibility that the NFL tries to levy some sort of suspension that's in line with what happens with the NCAA? If Jim Harbaugh takes an NFL job, if that actually happens would the nfl try to discipline him for something that happened in college if it was something serious i mean i'm not saying this decide stealing sign i'll say it stealing signs happens everywhere and it's not you know it we're not it's uh it's part of it's it's part of part of football you know if it, it, the way he did it violated rules but we're not talking about any major or you know or you know, we have a lot of other things happening in college sports over the last last year, especially. You look at Northwestern and and some other schools that had some real issues. I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about sign stealing. I don't think it'll be an issue for him. AJ Perez, front office sports, a senior reporter there. By AJ Perez is where you can follow him on social. AJ, thank you for the the, the quick visit here, and uh, as always, solid reporting. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, AJ Perez. I, I wonder, Chad. Uh, when you get the no comment, you just continue to rapid fire with said network until, until when, until you don't. Uh, do you follow? You're never I, I, get I a guess comment, you probably right? wait until there's new news. Well, you wait until McAfee decides what he's going to do, or Rogers decides what he's going to do, right? Or maybe you follow up after McAfee makes his statement on air. And now, do you have a comment based on what Pat said? If Aaron Rodgers speaks, then you go back. Now, do you have a comment? I guess See, you just I wonder, wait until something changes with the Kimmel story. If Kimmel were serious, and I, I, he's serious, what if Kimmel asked for a comment? Kimmel asked ESPN? Yeah, for comment. I think they would no comment him. See, I think they would just wait. and I think they're no commenting just simply based on Disney. They're think, waiting. They're waiting to be told what to say uh, in this I, I, case, yes. because again, they signed up for a new direction, and all of a sudden, they have one of their own uh, being mentioned in all this. I think they no comment because they're talking to Jimmy Kimmel's reps, okay, or Kimmel himself, and trying to see if he can calm down to a <laughs> level that he's not going to sue, so they can let all this go away. And I do think part of that would entail Aaron Rodgers yeah. being forced to apologize. Maybe. I don't think Aaron Rodgers can be forced to do no. anything. I really don't. I think if if he wants to if he wants to clarify the way Pat McAfee alluded to him coming on the show and clarify, maybe he does that. 
and says, I was joking around. People need to lighten up. He's not going to apologize. So uh, maybe that would be enough for Kimmel, but I don't think now, so based about, on that post. Based on what A.J. Perez is saying, uh, McAfee could just stream the visit with Rodgers live on YouTube. Just live. Uh, that would be would great. Would be taken down. That'd be great. Yeah. Be a big and, hit. And ESPN may censor it. Uh, again, hypothetical, but what ESPN might do instead of what McAfee may do based on why he joined up and what he said when he did. Coming up, lights out. Sean Merriman about to join us. We'll get his take on who should be the NFL MVP. Uh, it's not a quarterback. And, well, officials. I'm going to talk about uh, apologies. There are no apologies when it comes to NFL officiating. Uh, just ask the Detroit Lions. Straight ahead, a hot mic with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network, streaming live at outkick.com. Glad you're with us. Six the Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We say hello to friend of the show, Sean Merriman. Lights out, joins us. He's got a, a, a great fight promotion that he's uh, back for a long time now. And uh, all of a sudden, here's another event right upon us this Saturday, January 6th. Sean, welcome back and uh, congrats on the continued success with Yet another big event for you. Thanks a lot, guys, man. I appreciate it. We got a, got a huge one this Saturday in Long Beach, California. Uh, Lights Out Extreme fighting 13. You will, I feel like we just talked about 11. <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. flying by. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the, the new year's happened. Everything we're coming out, and we're straight in the fight week. So it's been kind of crazy. But uh, you can get your tickets at lightsoutaccept.com. And if you can't make it, it'll be in Long Beach, California. Uh, we'll be live on Football TV, Football Sports. You guys can check it out there. How many events are you trying to do per year? Because this is hard to pull off uh, in the business that you're, you're, you're doing. Uh, anyone trying to chase the very top of this. But, I mean, it's, it's difficult just to stay afloat. And you're right. Like first time you joined us, I think it was 10 or 11 that you were promoting. And here you are within uh, several months on 14. You, you know, hopefully, man, uh, I would like to do one event a month in 2024 if we can get okay. to that point. And then hopefully at towards the end of 2024, every, every about three weeks or so. Um, you know, because of our, you know, kind of viewership jump, we just jumped 90% viewership on football sports, football TV from last fight to this one. And two fights ago, we were 70% up in viewership. And so now, you know, we got fighters all over the country reaching out and want to get in our fight cards. And I can tell you, man, it was, that wasn't the case, um, you know, uh, yeah. about this time last year. And so the ties are kind of turned a little bit. And that that just shows, man, the people out there that's watching, um, they enjoy the, show, the fights we're putting on our production and our shows. And, you know, we've been selling out every single fight. So that's that's always great. Hey, congrats to your Terps. I see you got the Maryland pullover right over here across the river from us. Total beatdown of Auburn. Yeah. All Auburn fans are saying, eh, bowl games don't matter. <laughs> Outcome doesn't matter. This, this game doesn't matter. It's an, it's an exhibition game. What do you think, Sean, when you hear that from fans of, ah, oh, the bowl game just doesn't matter? It, it's an excuse. <laughs> that You know, that's what it is. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, the times have changed now, right, because your big players is going to the NFL or have a real shot at playing in the NFL they, they opt out, right? So we're seeing a lot of these second string, but this the, is the great, also the great part of that. These second string guys are going to be some of your starters next year. So they're getting a, a shot on prime time to go out and see what you got going into next year. So regardless of people saying that the bowl games don't matter, they do. And the only ones that say it don't matter, the ones that lose, they lose bad, which, you know, uh, my, my Terps delivered Auburn a, a massive beatdown. But across the board, man, I'm really happy for Mike Loxley at the University of Maryland, what they're building. And to get more and more of this, this DMV, this DC, Maryland, Virginia talent to stay home. We all know that we got the best talent. I'm a PG County, a Prince George's County, uh, Maryland product. So we're just trying to get more and more of these guys to stay home because if they stay home, they're going to be able to compete with anybody in the country. Is it time that we see a non-quarterback win MVP in the NFL? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and this is why I feel that way, right? Um, I know we, we're living in a quarterback-driven league. I get it. They're the face of, of the, the shield. They're the ones you want to promote. They're the ones that sell the most jerseys. But in this case, this year, if there's not a clear-cut winner, right, um, nothing against Dak Prescott, nothing against Lamar Jackson, if one of these guys, one of these quarterbacks don't stand out so far from the rest, then you have to look outside of that quarterback position. 
Um, you know, um, uh, Chris McCaffrey, if Tyreek Hill didn't go down for that game and he got injured, he possibly could have broke that 2,000 yards um, overall. And I don't know where he's sitting at now. He could be close, but he would have for sure broke that 2,000 yard plus. So you have to start looking at outside. I mean, I, I understand that the, the NFL wants to drive the quarterbacks and they want to want them to be the face. But somebody's going to have Lamar Jackson's numbers next year. Somebody's going to have Dak Prescott's numbers next year. It's going to be very tough for somebody to get 2,000 yards plus from, from the line of scrimmage like Chris McCaffrey or reach that 2,000 mark like Tyreek Hill. We won't, we don't see those all the time, but we will see these numbers from the current quarterbacks at, at this moment. Sean, I feel like uh, in the moment, if I'm one of these coaches, I'm probably making the same decision they're making. Lamar Jackson's not playing this weekend. If they're, you know, number one, they're two weeks off here. He's won one playoff game. It was here in Nashville against the Titans. Whatever. Like, I, I realize the two-week layoff is significant when you're used to the repetition and the way they're playing. But, I, I mean, with all the injuries and what we've seen, I don't blame what the Ravens are doing. But there'll be others that make this same call. Would you want to do that as a player? Would you want to play something? That, I mean, Mahomes plays in the preseason. Other guys don't. I, I, but I understand the risk versus the reward. And, I mean, I guess I would take my chances on making sure my guy's healthy. Yeah, and so I'm always down the middle of that. I think that the players should play, right? And yeah. so the Ravens right now, they're the most dangerous team in the NFL, period. And they're, they're dangerous because of their momentum that they have going into the playoffs and their physicality and the way they're playing the game. And once when, when a team like the Ravens have the momentum that they do, you don't want them to get out of that regiment. So I would still play all of the starters. I would have them to go there, play a series or two, but keep that same regimen. Get to the stadium on time. Eat that same meal the night before, that same breakfast. Uh, if you if you get to the game three hours, if you get to the stadium three hours before the game, make sure you're there three hours before the game. But sometimes when guys know they're not playing, they might not get there until an hour and a half before kickoff when they're, when they're normally there three hours before. So I, I'm always, I'm a little finicky about guys not playing at all because you don't want them to lose that momentum because that, that's the Ravens' strong, strongest suit right now. Their momentum in the way that they're playing against these other teams. Final playoff push here. We've got the AFC East up for grabs uh, uh, when uh, Buffalo travels to Miami. I, I think if Buffalo's in, and I mean, if they win, they're going to be AFC's champs. They'll be hosting a game. But I always thought Buffalo was built to win on the road if they backdoored their way in after a slow start. Is Miami built to win on the road in the postseason? Well, okay, so it's, it, it's almost the same scenario with both teams. Buffalo, if... The team that we all know shows up. They could beat anybody, right? We know what Josh Allen can do. When Tim and Diggs are, are connecting the way they are, they're running the football like they did a couple games ago. They're playing defense. They're getting after you. They could beat anybody in the NFL. Sometimes you just don't know which Buffalo Bills team is going to show up. Now, with Miami, um, you know, them just recently having that loss, right, that, that recent loss that they had, they struggle playing teams that are, are above 500. They struggle playing you know, star quarterbacks. They've struggled to be in that situation. And for them, they do have the upper hand, I do believe, because they are playing at home. But at the same time, right now, we just talked about momentum and the Ravens. With the teams that are the most healthiest and the teams that are playing with the best momentum, the most momentum right now, those are the, those typically are the teams that are going to do well in the playoffs. The ones that are having a couple losses, guys are banged up, they're, they're, they're barely making it past these last few games into the playoffs. Those teams aren't going in with the same steam that they did a few weeks ago. So it's all about right now and how guys are are, are trending up. And right now, I, I don't know if, if the Dolphins are trending up right now at this point. Sean, you're a Chargers guy. Chargers got the available job right now. If Bill Belichick is available the moment the season ends, is he your first call to coach the Chargers? No. No, he, he's not. And for, for a lot of re reasons. And – um don't get me wrong, and I, and I and I want to take his past his past resume, right? We all know how great of a coach Bill Belichick is. I don't know, in, in my opinion, if you bring in somebody like Bill Belichick right now, that's going to guarantee a, a turnaround, a success, right? Because you know you got Justin Herbert there, you got Keenan Allen, you got these these superstars on that team. 
You got these superstars on the team. Somebody has to come in and win right now. And if Bill Belichick is going to come in and bring his whole entire staff or hire his own people, you got Justin Herbert and all these guys playing for three and four different uh, uh, coordinators over the past few years. That is a lot of turnover. And you know Bill Belichick is going to want to come in and call the shots, bring all his people in. I doubt very seriously if he keeps anybody on that staff. So you're talking about a big turnover. So he wouldn't be my first. He would probably be my last, to be quite honest. Is Harbaugh your first? Who's your first call? Uh, it's It'll be Jim. It'll be Jim Harbaugh. And I say this, right, because we, we look at uh, – we just talked about the past resumes of coaches and what has Bill Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh has been doing since he's been either in the NFL or in, in collegiate sports. He's done well with quarterbacks, right? He's done extremely yep. well when he had talented quarterbacks. He's I don't know I want to I hate to use this word guru because we just use a defense guru for for Brent Stanley and that that didn't work out so well. Uh, but what I will say is Jim Harbaugh can come in right now and know what to do with Justin Herbert, right? You see, we talked about this being such a quarterback driven league. Now you know you got that taken care of from day one, right? He's he's going to be in good hands. Now it all depends on who he brings in as a defensive coordinator because. In my opinion, the last couple of games of, of, of the Chargers season has been the offense, but most part of the season has been because the defense hasn't been performing. And so, yes, yeah, so Jim Harbaugh, which I agree, if that if you got an opportunity at Jim Harbaugh, you do it. Pull the trigger, you bring him in. Let's talk about the defense side of the football because that is the, the most important part of what's going to hold this team back because we know what they can do on the offense side of the ball. You do you agree with the sentiment though that Spanos is going to spend because the sentiment is he didn't in the previous hire. Is that kind of the perception that is uh, under I guess that uh, everyone's accepting that based on close to the Chargers? See, I, I didn't you know when you, when somebody uh, has a narrative out there, they keep rolling with the same narrative, right? Yeah. All oh, they're cheap. They don't want to spend. They want to don't want to do this. First of all, they all know that they have to win, right? New new stadium. Uh, you know, you got an all star for quarterback. Yeah. Just you had a you had a bad hire to just come in there and let, don't get me wrong. I don't necessarily fault them for hiring Brandon Staley beginning. I, I don't fault him for that because he is a he says all the right things. I talked to him tonight when he got hired. He says all the right things. And so he's your best hire. You right? would want to play for him is what you're saying. A hundred percent. You know, yeah. I talked to him and I, I, I'm telling you, there's a few times I almost put down the phone and wanted to run around the living room a couple of times. <laughs> nice. he, you know, he he said the right thing. So I understand them hiring him. That, what I didn't understand is just holding on to him when when he was incapable of, of making changes. Right. As a head coach, when things are not going well, you make changes. And he he failed to do that. And that's what ultimately got him out the door because he didn't make any changes. That's ultimately what got Tom Telesco out the door because he was unwilling to make changes. And so if you got two people that's unwilling to make changes, they both had to go. So I understood that. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh is, is the best hire right now. But I'm, I'm more focused on what they do on the defense side of the ball. Who are you going to bring in? to turn that defense around because they can score 30 points a game, but if they can't stop anybody from scoring 32, they're going to have a problem. Do you love or hate a billionaire NFL owner that gets so worked up that they throw a drink on an opposing fan at a game the way David Tepper did? Listen, I've had a lot of, a lot of drinks in my life. Ain't none of them cost me $300,000. I'll tell you that. (laughs) True. You know, and a lot of people, you know, I think the, uh, how people look at someone that's super wealthy like himself or super successful is, oh, three hundred thousand dollars ain't nothing, right? Or it's not a big deal, guys. Just three, you threw a three hundred thousand dollar drink. I don't care how much money you got. Um, that was that was foolish. That was dumb. And more importantly, that sets a bad example. And and I think I saw the seats. There were seats in that state in the last couple of games. You could buy for twenty bucks, right? Fifteen bucks. I seen them online. And so when you do things like this. You're going to lose respect, not only from your fan base, but now your players, because they're seeing you act out. So how are you going to come down on the players and tell them how to act accordingly if you can't even do it as an owner? And, and that's the that's the biggest problem that you can't say. Just because you're on the team, don't give you a right to do whatever, whatever the hell you want to, especially that. And I don't care what was said or what was done. You you showed yourself and not even to be aware enough that there might be cameras around when you do something stupid that way. Um, I can tell you that that doesn't sit well with the NFL. That's why they find them. It's not going to sit well in the locker room. It's not going to sit well with that fan base. So I'm, I'm telling you, if they start ha- keeping having the problems, not only losing games, 
but the fans not showing up, they're going to be he's going to be forced to sell the team at some point too. I mean, that, it's it's just bound to happen if things don't get better over there. Shall well, your rookie year was what 2004, 2005? Five, yeah. Um, Flacco, I think, was 2008. So you may have overlapped him by a couple of years. When you see yeah. what he's doing right now in Cleveland, what do you think? Because I think you and you and he are probably the same age. Yeah, and the reason, the, one of the reasons why I'm happy for Joe Flacco is because he's he's shown that there's quarterbacks out there on the street right now that just need another opportunity, right? There's, there's guys out on the street right now. So, but what he's what he's doing for Cleveland. We already knew what they could do on the defense side of the football. We already knew how talented they was there. I think their head coach should win, you know, coach of the year. The injuries, guys going down, and I'm not talking about just for a couple of games. They got some them guys on IR, some key guys, and I'm not, even outside of Nick Chubb. And for the Cleveland Browns to still go out there to be in a position to win games like they are and having just Joe Flacco now, I know he's playing well, but Joe Flacco ain't Joe Montana, right? We all, right, we all right. know that, but he's doing enough for that team to survive and advance. And if they keep this up, that's that's another dangerous team you got to worry about. You put them on par with like Miami on the road or whatever, if they're playing their best, but the way they're playing right now. Yeah, the way they're playing right now. Like I said, yeah. when, you, when you're playing teams with momentum, right? Um, and when we've seen this last year when the Chargers got bounced out of the playoffs with Jacksonville, towards the end of the season, they were playing well. They started playing God people tough. And sometimes, you, you know, even if you're better than a team, you're just going to run into a team that's playing better because they just, they're hitting their hot streak. They're playing with better momentum. They're, they're a team right now that you don't necessarily want to go out there and have to face. Sean Merriman, our guest, Lights Out, uh, is where you can uh, find his uh, fight promotion. So LightsOutXF.com. Uh, Lights Out 13 is coming Saturday. Sean, final thing for you. Watching the finish of Detroit and Dallas uh, and it, the debacle of what it was and you had – Campbell going for it again and again and again, whatever. Uh, and just the, the confusion about all of that. I, I never really thought of it this way. I miss like the Pereira. I, I miss Mike Pereira. I miss Dean Blandino. When at least you had a voice to the officiating office. And now it's just like, oh, we apologize. Or Schefter is going to say this. Uh, and we're going to push this narrative now on behalf of Jerry Jones. Like I, I, I don't understand why the officiating is so protected when it's so obvious that things need to be addressed. I, I, uh, I feel bad, not only for the players, coaching staff of, of the Detroit Lions, I feel bad for the fans who had to endure this long period of them not winning yeah. only to have a really good team to have happened what happened to them last game with the refs. And I, I say this, um, we all, we all know the refs makes mistakes. We, we sure. know that, they got a human element to them. They're going to miss some calls, some holding calls, some offsides calls, pass interference. But now they're making calls to decide the game, and that's where the problem is happening. We not we don't we don't care that they miss a small call here and there. That happens. They're making calls to decide the game, and I got I, I believe this should happen. And you, and you're right. I think that the refs have always been protected. I much rather that the NFL force the refs to at least give an explanation, even if they don't have a questioning. Go and give an explanation after the game because I can I can I can bet this. You might have more fans to sympathize with the referees and what they saw, and fans will sit back and say, you know what? Yep, I, I see how that happened. I can see how you make that mistake. When you let the refs off the hook and they got nobody to respond to, they got nobody to answer to, I don't feel like nothing's going to change. So I, I do believe, and I know the NFL, you know, they're smart. They probably looked at this thing a thousand times and probably even thought about implementing this. But how you change the, the, the perception of referees is have them to just answer a couple of questions after and say, hey, look, at this angle, I saw this guy doing that or I couldn't see that. I bet I, I bet that you would have mo more fans out here saying, hey, I understood what you said. I, I understood what you saw. Right. I could have made that same mistake. You would have more fans sympathizing of what the refs missed then sit back there and give no answers to nothing. I don't think the refs should be as protected as they are right now in the game. It's just it's not fair to the players, not, not fair to the teams, not fair to the fans. And just the game in general, man, you you kind of poking at the integrity when the refs can make the kind of calls and mistakes that they are and then walk away in a clean slate and nothing happens. These guys are back on the crew the following week or so. And that yeah. doesn't make anyone feel good about going to a game when you got these refs making that kind, those kind of mistakes.
Sean Merriman has been our guest. Lights Out XF uh, is, uh, well, it's Lights Out uh, 13 this coming Saturday. LightsOutXF.com is where you can go to, uh, to learn more and, and watch some fights this coming Saturday evening. Sean, good to see you, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll be live on Football TV, Football Sports. If you guys don't have it out there, make sure you get it. There we go. Uh, and more details there. Again, LightsOutXF.com. Uh, if you're uh, wanting to check that out, I, I love the passion he's got behind it. Oh, I do too. There's a work great ethic NFL analysis and, gotta, and football no analysis doubt. also. If you want to see a real fight, you go watch that. If you want to see a go. drink thrown in someone's face, yeah. go to David Tepper's luxury he's box. Quickly becoming uh, the worst owner. Award. I think it's one of the more disrespectful things you can do to someone oh, too. Throw in a bottle. In, anything involving fluid, you know, peeing on someone, spitting in their face, throwing a drink in their face. I put up that very close to the top of the list of some of the most disrespectful things you can do to anyone. Yes. Uh, you can go right now and check out the new and improved Outkick store. It's finally live. Talk about golf polos, t-shirts, hats, and more. Shop.outkick.com. That's shop.outkick.com. Every Wednesday, we are our top grooms of the week. It is time for Primary Complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's Primary Complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, those who claim sports just can't be sports. You can't just talk about sports and be that focused anymore. Uh, Look at the ratings from last week. Look at college football. Uh, The New Year's Six averaged 13.3 million viewers. The college football playoff, 22.6 million viewers. It's the most watched college football playoff semis in six years. It's the most watched New Year's Six day since 2018-2019. And oh, by the way, sports is DVR proof. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint is the pilot on the airplane that is Chatty Cathy getting ready for takeoff. Hey, who's all going up the game? Oh, weather looks bad up there. Ready hope to get everyone, high with a man. Hope everyone, <laughs> hope everyone packed a parka where you're going. It's going to be really cold. They've got any birthdays on the flight? What's going on? And then the moment you're just stuck on a tarmac somewhere, that same chatty Cathy pilot goes completely mute. The most frustrating thing about airports being on a pl- all those things to me is being stuck on a tarmac and not knowing what's going on and not getting to your gate, and not being told what's happening. Having a flight delayed can be fine if you're at the airport. Okay, we got an extra hour. We can go over here, grab a beer. We can get something. I can't do a damn thing, but sit there and want so badly to get off of that plane. I want to unfold my joints out of that seat and walk (laughs) off the plane. And the last thing I want is for everyone to be questioning, what in the hell is going on? Why is the pilot... That were they was telling jokes before the flight. Now suddenly you can't hear a damn thing from him because he's not telling us what's happening. Come on and say, hey, we're gonna be five minutes. We're gonna be ten. We're waiting on this one plane to leave. I don't know what's going on. Say something, anything. That is my primary complaint. Would you just like if there's a layover happening like that, or not necessarily a layover, but you're just stuck on the tarmac? Like they come out and like read you a book. I would rather them just say. This is hell at this airport. It's going to be 45 minutes. I'm so sorry. Then for me to sit there for 15 to 30 minutes and be thinking, am I going to be here another hour? How much longer? What's going on? And the air always cuts out during that time. Is there something wrong with the plane? The air. Is there no terminal? Is there no gate? Is the airport on fire? I I have all these questions in my head because the damn pilot won't come on and say, guys, we're, we're third in line, and then we'll be up in hopefully 10 to 15 minutes. Sorry for the anything but silence. The cabin is always at its hottest during that moment, too. Hottest. I, I, I'm cramping up. I mean, the whole Unfolding thing is a, I got to unfold the joints out of the seat. That's very You're bendy, ready though. to stretch. Oh, I, so I like the idea of yeah, just bendy. throwing the people that work at that airport or that airport in general under the bus. You know, like everybody talks about like certain aspects yeah. of their work that they don't like. And it's just like, oh, we got Jeff. Out there trying to control the traffic. He has no idea what the hell he's doing. I, I would like that this from the pilot. This Omaha airport always sucks. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Am I right? Just saying that. I'm I mean, give him a something. signal. Yeah. Well, guys, for my primary complaint, I know a lot of people that actually were traveling to bold destinations. And we hit it on this a little bit towards the end of last week. Whenever Ohio State announced or did not announce that anybody was opting out until pretty much right before the game. 
I wish college was a lot more like the NFL in the fact of we know what the injury status is for all these players. We know who's going to play. But the way the college football coaches treat this, it's like we're trying to crack the code into Fort Knox. Just let us know who is or who is not playing. That's actually a perfect example. Tennessee waited a while until they announced that Joe Milton was not going to be the starter and that Nico Yamalieva was going to be taking over for Tennessee. That actually helped sell tickets for Tennessee in that aspect. I know it's bowl games, and Chad, you and Hutton were discussing earlier about how it's it seems like people are opting out left and right. But as a fan, I want to know who's actually going to be playing in this game and the way in which coaches go about not letting things out to where the public knows what is happening. It's just, it's childish at this point, and that is my primary complaint. Yeah, I'm all for uh, a thorough system of reporting, in this case, opt-outs, injuries, whatever goes on, similar to the NFL, where it's a weekly update. Hey, these guys aren't going to play. I don't understand the gamesmanship, especially when I hear, and this is story at OutKick, uh, Ohio State offensive lineman Carson Hensman, who admitted on the B&B podcast that they didn't really practice for Missouri or before the game, that they had a couple of light workouts leading up to the game because of all the opt-outs. They didn't really put a lot into the game. Then they had to delete that podcast episode after he got a lot of blowback for that. They've got to change the timetable of this. Hugh Freeze admitted after their beatdown at the Music City Bowl that he didn't really pay attention or dive into the offensive game plan for Auburn against Maryland until the final week before the bowl because of recruiting and because of the portal. That's more important. And if it's more important, what are we doing? What are you doing with all this? And it does matter to the players. You can look at the photos on, on, on Instagram, on social. You can see the emotion of guys who are playing in their final game or playing with a teammate who's playing in their final game. You get that in the tunnel. You're not getting that on the field. And these players know who is who is and who is not playing. It's sure. just all on yeah. the coach at this point yeah, of what they the, will yeah. let I mean, be released. Nico was playing for a while. Yeah, they knew. But, I mean, it's... Uh, Here's what's crazy to me, too. The coach isn't even there because of, every, because of the time. They're they're not, the and they're not going to change the timetable of the games because that is no. such a good time for people being at home for ratings. Well, I'm just saying that the... That part... No, I, I know what you're the saying. The pro aspect the of it. The transfer portal that recruiting too. part should get backed up to January after these games are played. Yeah. But here's the problem, and this is a bigger problem, sort of an existential issue for the whole sport is in general. You know why they don't do that, Hutton? Because... Because semesters start. Yep. I didn't even think about that. I completely forgot they go to school in college. I thought it was all NIL, all opt-outs. You're saying football players are going to class? You're saying football players are going to class? Oh, they have to be enrolled, which makes sense, but I'm thinking, I never even put that into consideration. What does that say about the sports? There's another portal period coming up, too. Another show coming up tomorrow. Did no guys still have majors? They don't show those during the games anymore. Show me your diploma.